I have been accused more times than I care to admit of being a overly competitive person. And if I'm honest, there's probably some truth to that. I'm a firm believer of why do you play the game unless you're playing to win? It's gotten so bad at times where when I was in youth ministry, I was asked not to play the games with the youth. Um, where Anna, on more than one occasion, has asked me not to play games with her children's ministry because I get a little too competitive and will not allow myself to just let someone else win. They've got to earn it. And not only do I have to earn it, but the thing is, is them winning means I lose, and I don't like to lose. But as I as I look around our society, I've noticed that it's shifting, kind of in the same way. We we find a world where everyone wants to win and no one wants to lose. If you look around, everything has become politicized or there 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 is, doesn't seem to be any neutral topics in our world at all and it doesn't appear that you can be a neutral person either you're either right or wrong it's this way or that oh you're one of those liberals oh you're one of those conservatives oh calm down boomer you don't understand oh you're just one you're too young to get it we all want to, to be on the winning side, and we all believe that our side is the winning side. And as we seek to be on the winning side, we don't realize that we're all losing. And sadly, this has bled its way into our faith and into our churches and into our communities that we've become so consumed with winning that it causes us to attack or to view the, the other person as an opposition, as an enemy, and we become more defined by what we are against than what we are for. We embrace winning over loving, but it's the opposite of what Jesus taught. And we find ourselves losing because we are losing community. We are losing relationships. We are losing what we are called to be. We find ourselves in a world where we have allowed our own agendas and our own thought processes to erode our commitment to the centrality of the gospel. We find ourselves in an us versus them, a, a left versus right, a, a Republican versus Democrat, an old versus young, and we villainize, we demonize the other in our world. The gospel states in Romans 3.23 that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You see, the problem that we have in our world is we have a sin problem. Better yet, we have a selfishness problem that says, I want it my way and I want it how I want it and what I want is right. I will win because I am right. It's all about me. The world revolves around me. But what we've come to realize, if we are all sinners who have fallen short of the glory of God, that we are all in need of a Savior, and Jesus Christ is that Savior that we need. Yet, somehow, we have failed to allow Jesus to be Jesus, and we've placed Jesus in the image of our agendas. We, we have propped up Jesus as the poster boy, if you will, for our 
thought processes, for our belief, for our agenda, for what we want. What we want is what Jesus wants. And we do so so that we can villainize the other. See, you're against Jesus. How dare you? This is how we demonize. This is how we find ourselves viewing people as enemies instead of people to be loved. This is how we start to, to view our neighbor as something to be conquered and as, to, as opposed to a human being to be cared for. We've strayed from the gospel and allowing Jesus to be our savior from ourselves and this behavior. So what we see in our current day is that we have shifted from Jesus' divine truth and example of morality, and instead what we begin to adopt is some sort of majority morality where it says, if the majority believes it's right, then it must be. If the majority determines what is right and wrong, and so we look at it and go, oh, well, it was voted on, well, enough people are screaming about it, it must be a bad thing. It was voted on, and so everybody agreed on it, so it must be the right thing. And the thing is, is that we have removed what is the Jesus thing, and we have looked at what is what we want, and we and we allow the majority, the group think, to drive and dictate us, as as opposed to saying, "God, transform my heart and mind." We live in a world that lives on ends of the this or that the right or left, the Democrat or Republican. We live in a world that is divided because we are seeking to win or defeat our opponent and the other. And we continue to go further to one end or the other. We continue to find ourselves going further to the extremes. And then as we stay and find ourselves living there and going further and further, we start to realize that we can't solve any problems while we're there because problems are solved in the middle. When people are able to come to the table and hear one another, when people are able to come in community, but when we are so far separated from each other and we're not willing to give an inch, no problems will ever be resolved. We cannot love well because we don't know each other and we cannot find ourselves in community. Because we're not willing to meet our neighbor. We're seeking to defeat our neighbor. We can't meet our neighbor in the middle if we're too busy holding tight to our own thoughts and beliefs. And this is the world in which we find. And in living this way, we don't find Jesus either. Because during his ministry, everyone wanted Jesus to be on their side uh, and, or stand against their opponents and the other. And over and over, what we hear Jesus say is he refuses to because both sides are fueled by their own assumptions and their own agendas. And Jesus says, I'm not going to play your game of tug of war. As a matter of fact, in Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 5, what we hear is it says, Let, them, let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. And what mind is that that we should be taking on in our world today? He's, it says, Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited. Jesus was God. He could do whatever he needed to do. He has all power, but he didn't use it for his own advantage. He, he isn't playing to, in our opinion, quote-unquote, win at least not by our earthly standards of what win looks like. 
And I'll be honest, my competitive nature goes, wait a minute, you've got an advantage. You've got a competitive advantage. Use it. But Jesus isn't against winning. But he isn't playing the same game as us. He's playing a different game altogether. He's playing a game with different rules and, and the where winning looks different. Jesus plays to lose so that the other team, we, the sinners, the people of this world, can win. As we hear when we continue looking at the scriptures. Because in verse 7 it says that he not only did not exploit his godliness, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born into human likeness, and being found in human form. He made himself nothing by earthly standards. In a world where we all want to to make a name for ourselves, to be somebody, Jesus says, I have all the ability to do that, but I'm going to lower myself to nothing, to a servant. Jesus refuses to attach his name to the party that is so focused on winning or too afraid of losing because he wants to take on the nature of servant. Servant. Someone who wakes up every day seeking to leverage their self and their resources for the benefit of someone else. This does not sound like a win. Everything I have is is being leveraged to help you, to benefit someone else, to benefit the other. This does not sound like a win in my book. But if we are his body hands and feet this should describe us as well should it not the church should always be looking to be like Christ and the church looks more like Christ when we are defending others rather than protecting ourselves when we are giving away rather than demanding our own way when we are seeking to love over conquer we're all fearful we're fearful of what ifs We're fearful of losing ground, of losing people, of losing prestige and title. And this sounds like a way to lose, if you ask me. To lose our power, our prestige, our clout, our placement in life, in society. And it's not just our current world, because the disciples didn't get it either. And they refused to accept Jesus' ways, too, sometimes. They couldn't accept that Jesus was going to be arrested and crucified because, in their opinion, that's what losers did. And Jesus came that they could win. They refused to lose. Even on the way to Jerusalem, where Jesus was going to die into into what they viewed as loss, they're they're debating behind Jesus. They're like, "Well, well, who's going to be able to sit on his right hand and his left hand when we win? Who gets to be number two? They're looking for the win on their way to the loss. And in verse 8, it says that Jesus, he humbled himself. He became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus submitted to the ultimate, quote-unquote, earthly loss. And in Luke chapter 9, on the way to Jerusalem, what we hear is that that Jesus and the disciples stop in Samaria and Jesus says, hey, y'all go find some lodging for us. And when they return, they're upset. 
They're upset because the Samaritans don't want them there. And so in Acts or in Luke chapter 9 verse 54, they say, Jesus, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to destroy these people? Do you, do you want us to use our power and authority and prestige so that we can have a win over these enemies that won't accept us? They, they don't know you, Jesus. They don't know who you are, so we'll show them because we've got it all figured out. And Jesus rebukes them. Jesus rebukes them in the same way in, in the Greek in the in the original te- text says that it would be the same way that he would rebuke demons. And Jesus says, we don't do that in my kingdom. The, the disciples are, are screaming, Jesus, if you are arrested and killed, how do we win? And Jesus says, that is how we win. When we lose their game, then we will win the game that I've been inviting you to for years. You see, we're all playing the wrong game. We're all seeking the earthly win. But in in Jesus' kingdom, there isn't a first or a last, but equality. In Jesus' kingdom, there is no win unless all of God's creation wins. And when we as the church opt for to use the tools and the ways of this world, it's amazing how much we begin to look like the world. When we speak and act, it must not be for our own self-preservation or our own benefit, but for the benefit of the community and the creation and for others. This is why, as the church, we are, not a call, we are not called to align ourselves with the ways of this world, but we are only called to align ourselves with Jesus Christ. And you may be saying, I still don't get it. But as Jesus found himself not seeking to take advantage of his godly nature, humbling himself to serve others, even to death, we hear what the wind looks like. In verses 9 through 11, it says, Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's in losing ourselves that we find God. It's in earthly losses of prestige and power and name and clout and agenda that we go, God, I may not have my own wants and desires, but I have yours and I'm seeking those over my own. And God says, cast off the ways of this world, but be renewed by me. And as we are, then we receive the victory in Jesus Christ. And that is the gospel and the good news. We are all sinners. But we are made new by Jesus Christ. The church, the disciples, us, 
We have all found ourselves playing the games of this world, seeking pride and clout, seeking to further our own wants and desires, seeking to say that we are right so that the other will be wrong, and seeking to win. And Jesus says, lose. Lose all of that. Because your true victory is in the salvation that only I can provide. True victory is when you seek to serve your author, perfecter of your faith, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.